Hello, and welcome to Soothing Pond's Sleep Stories. My name is Arif, and tonight I will be your guide as we embark on a journey to the undersea kingdom of Poseidon, the Greek god of the sea. We will follow him from the beginning of his life when the world was ruled by titans and see as he rises to power in his kingdom beneath the sea. We'll relax in the rain that he sends pitter-pattering across the diverse and beautiful landscape of Greece, and we'll ride with him on his horse-drawn chariot across the waves of the Mediterranean. Before we begin, however, let us take a moment to relax and find peace and comfort in the place that we are in, here and now. Close your eyes and allow your body to sink into your comfortable place of rest for the night. Here and now, there are no obligations, there is no to-do list, and there are no responsibility. By simply closing your eyes and listening to the sound of my voice, you are already giving your body nourishing rest. Anything else, anything deeper that you are seeking will come in time. For now, trust that with every passing second, your body is being rejuvenated by you simply following along with me and gradually winding down. With your eyes closed and your body growing more comfortable, I'd like you to imagine something with me for a second. You are no longer in your bed. You are comfortably resting in a beautiful meadow in the center of a thick and lush forest. All around you, trees and flowers are in full bloom. You can smell the fragrant aroma of the forest with every slow, deep, nourishing breath that fills your lungs. And in that mix of lovely, relaxing scents, you can smell the invigorating fragrance of rain. Overhead, the clouds are gray and heavy. They look so close that you feel like you could reach out and touch them. And yet, you begin to notice something peculiar. It is, indeed, raining all around you. You watch the lazy, thick 
little droplets plink, plink, plink into the prospering grass beside you. They bounce off of the green canopy of leaves at the edge of the meadow and drip down, down, down into the grass. There's a mist around you, the type of low gossamer that only comes with an early autumn or spring rainstorm. And yet, you cannot feel the rain on your skin. Just above you, there appears to be a force field of some sort, a see-through barrier protecting you from the cool touch of the rain. You watch as the raindrops plink against it, sending a circle rippling out across the surface of the barrier from their touch. You watch the droplets for quite some time, feeling more relaxed with each one. Slowly, your eyes begin to close once more. Your jaw untightens, no longer clenching in any way. Your tongue falls away from the roof of your mouth and lies softly on the bottom of your mouth. Your shoulders fall away from your ears giving you room to truly relax. This feeling of relaxation travels down your body like a wave. You feel it wash over your chest, allowing you to breathe more deeply and sink more into the surface you're sleeping on. Your heart finds a steady rhythm. Your arms and legs release any tension they've been carrying, all the way down to the tips of your toes and your fingers. Now that we have taken the time to relax and find peace and comfort in the place that we are in here, and now, let us begin our story. Poseidon was not born as the king of the ocean. In fact, he was born at a time when the oceans were still new, when the world was still figuring out itself and the mysteries and intricacies within it. His mother, Rhea, was the titan goddess, and his father, Cronus, was in charge of the heavens and the earth itself. Cronus had vast, impressive power, power that he was desperate to keep. Cronus himself overthrew his father, Uranus, quite some time before Poseidon's birth. And when he did, Cronus's father gave him a warning 
a warning that one of his children would overthrow him. Terrified of losing his power, Cronus knew he could not allow the children he had to grow to adulthood. When Rhea had her children, she marveled at them. Holding baby Poseidon in her arms, Rhea was astounded by the depth of wisdom she could already feel radiating from him. She knew he would go on to do great things. And she also knew that would scare her husband. And she was right. Because soon after their birth, Cronus swallowed his children, hiding them in a place between worlds. For quite some time, Poseidon was hidden from the world. It wasn't until Zeus, his younger brother, rescued him and his siblings that he was welcomed back into the world. A war was then waged between Cronus and the Titans, and Zeus, Poseidon, and their godly siblings. It was during this war that Poseidon took hold of his trident, a fishing spear which allowed him to take control of the earth and heavens away from Cronus. After Cronus fell and the three brothers, Zeus, Poseidon, and Hades, found themselves in control of it, they looked over the beautiful land before them with wide eyes. They knew they had to split the kingdoms of the universe up between each other, and so they did just that. Zeus became the god of the heavens and earth. Hades became the god of the underworld. And Poseidon became god of the water and seas. Poseidon settled into his role as the god of the seas with grace and dignity. He was known for being almost as powerful as his brother Zeus. Although more reserved and relaxed than the sometimes abrasive god of the heavens, Poseidon set off across the brand new earth that was theirs to rule in search of a kingdom that he could call his own. When he landed at the edge of the Aegean Sea, the clouds overhead were a swirl of gray and black. A storm had been brewing for quite some time. A mist hung in the air that seemed to dance across the surface of the sea that was only darker with the shade from the clouds overhead. Poseidon looked out over the sea and sky for quite some time, 
marveling at the beauty of it all. Marveling because he also knew that all of it, every droplet of it, was under his control. He raised his hands in the air, watching the sky above with a sparkle in his eye. As his hands lifted, rain began to pour down, down, down from the clouds. It seemed to simmer against the ocean, letting out puffs of mist and condensation that hung heavy across the surface of the sea. The sound of rain brought Poseidon a sense of peace and calm. He continued to raise his hands, allowing the storm to come down upon the earth with much more force. The sound of the rain pitter-pattering against the golden sand and the breathtaking sea was enough to put Poseidon to sleep. Knowing that it was time to descend beneath the waves, Poseidon lowered his hands, and as he lowered them, the rain came to a stop. He allowed the clouds to remain, relishing in the air of melancholy peace it brought across his domain. Poseidon climbed aboard his chariot, a chariot drawn by the finest horses the world had ever seen. It was Poseidon himself who invited horses soon after the gods took control of the earth. He gifted them to the humans, to the gods, to everyone. He loved them deeply and wholeheartedly. Every day when he climbed aboard his chariot, he would softly pet the muscles of the stark white horses pulling it. They were gentle creatures kind creatures who looked at Poseidon with stars in their eyes. He treated them well, and his adoration for them showed everywhere that he went. His chariot was one of the finest in the world, a mass of gold that sparked even in the dim light that filters in after a rainstorm. Some spots on the outside were flecked with barnacles, draped with seaweed that hadn't slipped off from the last time he emerged from the seas. But Poseidon paid it no mind. He was happy to have the sea with him everywhere he went. He settled onto the lush, luxurious bench seat inside the chariot. He could feel a strange warmth inside of him, something tugging at him to pay attention. He knew that today would be the day 
that he would find the right spot for his kingdom. He smiled at his horses and snapped the reins on his chariot, urging them on. With ease, the horses carried him onto the sea. With Poseidon's powers, the horses were able to glide across the surface of the ocean with ease. The chariot flew over the water, kicking up a mist behind it as it meandered over the waves in long, smooth movements. Every turn, every move was like gliding on ice. Poseidon loved the feeling of the mist kicking up around him, the mist tangling in his hair and his beard as the aroma of the briny, beautiful sea washed over him. There was no place he felt more at home than on the top of the ocean, at least not yet. He snapped the reins again, and with the snap, the horses descended down into the waves. All of them could easily breathe, no matter how deep they traveled down into the water. The transition from the surface to the world below was like entering an entirely different world. The noise beneath the waves was muffled, more peaceful, and Poseidon truly believed that everything was much more beautiful here as well. He loved the way the light streamed down through the waves, creating magical streaks of gold and blue in the clear water. He loved the way things seemed to be frozen in time under here. Things moved slower. Things were more peaceful. There was nothing demanding his attention. Nothing that couldn't be handled until the waves shifted again or the moon came out to play. Poseidon guided his beloved horses through the beautiful underwater world. They glided across a ridge rising from the ocean floor, and as they did, something urged Poseidon to stop. The ridge was alive with underwater greenery, seaweed that swayed in the particularly gentle current here, shellfish and crustaceans and sea stars that happily went about their lives in the peaceful stretch of home they had carved out for themselves. The minute he saw the otherworldly spot, Poseidon knew that it was where he would make his kingdom. And, indeed, soon after he located it, 
he built a palace beyond any of the gods' wildest dreams. Towers of mother of pearl sprung up from the earth, curved and smooth, much like the seashells peppering the ocean floor around it. Grand halls emerged from the sand, bedrooms full of every luxurious fabric imaginable. The halls themselves sparkled with gold, silver, and the finest gemstones that could be found on the earth. But perhaps what Poseidon was most excited about were the stables. There, he had enough room to store all of the horses he desired, and he picked the finest on earth. They were as white as snow, a color that popped out against the backdrop of the ocean no matter where they wandered. Their manes were golden, so golden that they looked like bits of the sun had been woven into them. Their hooves were brazen, ensuring that they could take the god anywhere that he needed to go. In his kingdom, Poseidon was pleased. Most days, he would lounge in his grand hall and watch what was going on in the earth above. As the god of the seas and the weather, he kept a close eye on the ships overhead to see if they needed his help, or perhaps the opposite. If there were families in need, or inexperienced sailors desperate to get to shore. Often Poseidon would clear storms and calm the seas, giving them plenty of time to get safely on shore somewhere. When they did, of course, they would praise the god, thanking him for sparing their lives. On the other hand, if there were ships heading to war, armies heading to distant lands to cause trouble, Poseidon would often ensure they were met with trouble. He wasn't fond of violence, nor did he thirst for drama like some of his siblings. He wanted the world to be a peaceful place and for humans within it to be happy. But after living alone in the kingdom for quite some time, Poseidon discovered that he himself wasn't as happy as he could be. Many of the other gods had wives, and Poseidon longed dearly to have someone to call his own. He traveled up to the surface on a particularly sunny day and settled on the island of Naxos, 
In the golden sand there, he was delighted to see the Nereids, a group of sea nymphs. They offered to dance for Poseidon. Having been alone for quite some time, Poseidon was thrilled by the offer. He sat back in the sand against a tree and watched in awe as the Nereids danced for him. Each of the girls seemed to be more graceful, more energetic, more beautiful than the last. They smiled at the god, sending sparks of warmth traveling through his body. But then, one sea nymph caught Poseidon's eye. It was as if everything else in the world faded away. The other dancers did not matter. From that moment on, all that mattered was her. Her name was Amphitrite. She was the eldest of the Nereids and was known to be one of the most kind and worldly. When she caught the god staring at her, her heart leapt in her chest. She had never seen anyone look at her that way, let alone a god. She continued to dance, and as she did, she could not shake the feeling of the god's eyes on her. There was a kindness in them, a wisdom that she had never seen anyone possess before. And yet, it made her nervous. Amphitrite had spent most of her life caring for her sisters and making sure that they were all right. She spent her days making music with them, dancing with them, and enjoying their time together. She had heard that marriage, that being with another was to lose yourself, and Amphitrite did not want that. When the dance was finished, no one was surprised that Poseidon approached Amphitrite. He handed her a flower from the sea and smiled at her. In his usual low, calm voice, he told Amphitrite that he was enchanted by her. Her sisters watched on with wide, dreamy eyes, thrilled that Amphitrite had garnered the affection of a god. But Amphitrite was not entirely kind to Poseidon. She coldly thanked him and asked him when he would be going back to the sea. Her sisters were surprised by her reaction, as was Poseidon. But as they continued to talk, he started to understand. Surely this was intimidating for her, and surely she had heard some things about his siblings' marriages that had scared her away from the idea 
of marrying a god altogether. Undeterred, he told Amphrodite that he would be honored to have her as his bride. While her sisters were swooning on the sidelines, pretending not to be listening, Amphitrite was frozen with the proposal. She told Poseidon that her answer was no. She would not marry him, not now, not ever. To her own surprise, Poseidon simply nodded and quietly told her that he understood. Amphitrite watched from the edge of the lush forest as Poseidon bid everyone farewell and started his journey back to the sea. He readied his horses for the journey back to his kingdom, and as he did, something sparked Amphitrite's interest. Poseidon spoke to his horses as if they were people. He was kind to them, gentle to them. When he spoke to them, Amphitrite could practically see the love, respect, and affection sparkling in his eyes. He waved farewell to everyone as he descended into the sea his horses leading the way as usual. Just before he disappeared into the water, he caught Amphitrite's eye. There was a glow in his eyes for her, an undeniable attachment that Amphitrite knew would be challenging for him to shake. As soon as he was gone, Amphitrite began packing her most important possessions in a small bag. She told her sisters that she was going. She knew the ways of the gods. They always got whatever they wanted. And she was sure if Poseidon wanted to marry her, he would do so by whatever means necessary. Instead of being forced into marrying him, Amphitrite decided it would be best to go into hiding. She went on her journey inland along the rivers, gliding over them with ease. She stopped to rest in the warmth of the sun some days soaking in the beauty of the landscape around her while she did so. It was a journey she embarked on alone, and as such, she had plenty of time to think. She did not want to become one of the wives of the gods. Always nervous, never an equal, never valued as much as their husbands. She did not want to be a trophy in Poseidon's court. She did not want to be kept away from the things she enjoyed so greatly, swimming in rivers, helping her siblings, 
making music and dancing for gods. She didn't want to give up her independence for anyone, no matter how powerful they may be. And so, she traveled upriver to the Atlas Mountains. There, she created a cozy, temporary home for herself in the forests surrounding a waterfall. She played music and relaxed there, hoping that Poseidon would move onto someone else. Meanwhile, Poseidon sat in his castle, far away and below the sparkling sea. He could not get images of Amphitrite out of his head. He felt like he could hear her melodic voice playing over and over in his head, and it only made him more drawn to her. He spoke to some others about her and learned of her love of the sea, of the water, of her siblings. Her independent nature only made Poseidon more drawn to her, and so he knew he could not give up on her. He went searching for her on the island. He wanted to tell her that he would not harm her, that he would not treat her as poorly as his siblings treated their spouses. But she was nowhere to be found. Her sisters refused to say where she was, and Poseidon was not one to threaten. Poseidon spent several days searching for his long-lost love. He searched beneath seaweed, under barnacles, around every bend in the river and rock in the sea. His search turned up empty at the end of each day, and he felt his worry and need to have her close, deepening. Not knowing what else to do, he called upon Delphinus, his beloved dolphin. He believed that Delphinus would have better luck finding the goddess. He told Delphinus to tell Amphitrite that he would allow her to keep her freedom, to do all the things she enjoyed that he simply wanted to love her. Delphinus set off in search of Amphitrite. He traveled along the coast of the Aegean Sea, gliding through the water with grace and with ease. He journeyed down each river he came across in search of her. But with every river he traveled down, he found himself out of luck. Finally, he made his way down a long, winding river that led to the Atlas Mountains. At every curve in the river, he called out to Amphitrite, but at every curve, there was no answer. He was approaching the end of the river at a small, peaceful pond 
below the base of a glistening waterfall. And it was there that he heard an ethereal voice singing out into the misty morning air. Delphinus rose from the water, wondering who could possibly be singing more beautifully than the muses. Amphitrite sat on a rock beneath the waterfall. She combed out her hair as she sang absent-mindedly to herself. When her eyes fell upon Delphinus, she giggled and apologized for not noticing him sooner. Delphinus knew instantly why Poseidon had so easily fallen in love with the beautiful woman. The warmth she radiated was some of the most heartwarming things Delphinus had ever felt. He approached Amphitrite slowly and kindly. He told her up front that he was here on behalf of Poseidon. Amphitrite's smile fell. She instantly looked ready to fight, to defend herself. But Delphinus assured her there would be no need. He was not there to kidnap Amphitrite. He was here to speak to her. Her guard fell the moment that truth tumbled from his lips. She had never heard of a god doing something like this before. Delphinus told Amphitrite about what Poseidon had said, that he wanted her to retain her freedom and live a beautiful, full life. She could do whatever she pleased. Poseidon just wanted her by his side as an equal. Amphitrite was amazed, in awe of a god saying such a thing. Then Delphinus spoke from the heart. He told her about all the kind things he had witnessed the god do. At his core, he was a kind, benevolent ruler, a ruler who cared for peace and for the people around him, not so much for power. He was no Zeus, that was for certain. Amphitrite's heart began to grow for Poseidon. She remembered the kindness that he cared for his animals with, she had never heard of any man wanting a woman to be his equal. She knew marriage was in her future, and if she was to be wed, she wanted it to be to a man who thought that way. With a smile, she agreed to go back to the palace with Delphinus. When Delphinus arrived at the underwater castle with Amphitrite, Poseidon could not believe his eyes. The goddess was somehow even more beautiful beneath the waves. She looked over the kingdom in wonder, amazed 
that such a place could exist. Poseidon gently took her by the hand and welcomed her to her new home. That afternoon, the two had a wedding that was attended by all the gods. As they exchanged vows, Amphitrite could see the love glistening in his eyes. She felt valued by him. And this was just the beginning. The gods and Nereids celebrated all night together. And the marriage was as Poseidon had promised. Every day, he and Amphitrite would awaken in each other's arms. Some days, they'd lounge around the castle with each other. Others, Amphitrite would head up to the island to visit her sisters, to play music, to dance. Every passing day they seemed to only grow happier together. After such a troubling childhood, Poseidon had created not only a castle for himself, but a family. The two ruled over the seas as the king and queen, and everyone was grateful to have them. I hope you have enjoyed this sleep story, and it has brought you a night of peaceful, relaxing sleep. Please, join me again tomorrow night for another sleep story. Until then, sweet dreams. <laughs>